What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. Today's episode is all about overlanding, how to get started, finding friends, getting lost in the hills out of service, and etiquette for doing so. Before that, a few quick updates. Number one, please take a quick second to leave a rating and review for the show. It means the world to me, gives me the warm and fuzzies, and it really does help to spread uh, spread the message of the show. Uh, number two, along those same lines, uh, please hit up the shop for some sweet merch. Uh, whether that's shirts, coffee cups, hats, whatever the case may be, my wife and I have got some several designs out the store uh, that we'd love to uh, see you out repping the show with. It's uh, vanguardstories.com. Finally, today's episode is brought to you by Bravo Concealment. Uh, Bravo Concealment manufactures some uh, some high-quality holsters, both for inside and outside the waistband uh, pistols. Uh, I was at the range just a couple weekends ago uh, working from the draw, and uh it was insane how comfortable it was and how quick I was able to get off the draw uh, from concealment. You know, I was wearing, a, I had one of my appendix hol- appendix holsters, which I don't normally wear, but I was out at the range trying it and I really enjoyed it. And uh, so, yeah, uh, be sure to check them out at Bravo Concealment's website. Use code the Vanguard 10 for 10% off. And that's the, the Vanguard 10, 10% off. But otherwise, let's roll an awesome episode. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. For those of you new to the show, my name is Austin Jardine, and uh, I'm just some dude outside of uh, Boise, Idaho. I like to sit down, talk to folks, get their stories, share a little bit about the things that they've learned, who they are, what they're up to, and maybe give you some good advice or uh, some things to lean on to get excited about something new. With the cheesy intro out of the way, I've got Mr. Chase with me. Chase, man, you and I were more or less introduced through Hunter, who I chat with a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. he was like, you need to go harass Chase because he has got some overlanding shenanigans going on that you <laughs> would like to hear about. So, Chase, thank you for hopping on. It's, it's today, Thursday that we're recording. I think it's yeah, Thursday. It is. Yep. It's Thursday. It's Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, if you don't mind kicking it off with just an introduction of who you are and uh, I'll interrupt you. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. You know before I get started, just, you know, thanks everybody, all the veterans for their service and all sorts of, and everything that they've done, you know, can't, can't thank you guys enough. So uh, today's definitely a special day, but yeah. um, Other than that, thank you for the introduction, Austin. Um, My name is Chase Gardner and I am located in kind of like, you know, Southeast Arizona, Tucson area. So that's kind of where I live. Um, It's great. Like Mecca or middle of nowhere kind of place. Uh, if you want to like get out and go do some off-roading or outdoor camping, like the Tucson, Phoenix, just that general kind of area, there's a ton of that kind of stuff out there. So, um, yeah, I, it's funny because I like, I think most people nowadays that, um, know me think, recognize me by the truck that I drive or whatever. (laughs) Um, you know, not that I know a bunch of people, but the people that know me, like, that's all they think about is like, oh, he has a GX 470. But I, I'm, I used to not even be into off-roading. Like I used to, <laughs> I used to not be into it at all. Like not even close. I was actually into drifting for probably like 15 no years way. Yeah. of my life. Yeah. And, uh, and, and oddly enough, like that's kind of 
how I got introduced into off-roading was okay. like, so I, I did drifting. I was like a, an event coordinator in South Dakota where I went to college. Um, I was an event coordinator here in Tucson as well uh, for a year. And, uh, and I, I honestly, I just kind of got tired of it. Yeah. Um, after 15 years, you know, you just, I just needed something else, I think. And okay. I started like drifting, like, you know, you, you like do a ton of work for a month and then go out in one event and like totally trash your car, <laughs> <laughs> like, smash into other guys and all sorts of stuff like that. But, um, which is tons of fun, but I was just getting tired of it. And so I was, but even before I got tired of it, I was like, I need something to tow my drift car. So I was like, I'm going to look into getting, you know, a forerunner. So I got a fourth gen forerunner, but it was two wheel drive. And I was like, that's okay. I'm just going to use it to tow. Um, ended up putting like a basic spacer lift on the front to like level it out. And, uh, and just like some regular off-road, you know, I think all terrains is what I had on there. And, uh, and then I was like, I never got the trailer to tow the car, by the way, <laughs> but <laughs> got the truck and I just kind of went out and decided to dabble in off-roading because I was, you know, living in Arizona and I was like, okay, there's a bunch of trails. Like, let me just go try something fun and easy. And I was like, okay, uh oh, this is dangerous. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I think I owned that car for probably six or seven months and I decided to sell it. And I was looking for a fourth gen, um, a fourth gen forerunner again, like mine, but four wheel drive and V8. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know how much, how familiar you are with, with any of these vehicles, but fourth gen forerunners in a V8 are very hard to find with low okay. miles. Got it. Um, and like, this was probably like four years ago, but four years ago, they were price gouged like crazy even. Yeah. Um, just cause like most of them were V6s and the, four, the V8s, like I said, were really hard to find. And so I was like, okay, what the heck, what else is, um, uh, what what has a similar platform and the, the Lexus GX470 turns out is exactly a V8 forerunner and they only came V8 and they only came full-time four-wheel drive okay and uh it was just before like I would say within the last year the GX470s have like really just kind of skyrocketed in price and popularity interesting so okay. I was like kind of like right at the beginning of that so the prices hadn't inflated very much you know and so I was able to find one with, uh, you know, decent mileage, um, and, uh, and unmolested kind of thing. And I bought it like sight unseen from Georgia. I just had it shipped to my house and, uh, <laughs> I've never done that before, by the way. It's a big risk. <laughs> yeah. I like, you know, I had a lot of phone conversations and FaceTimes with the guy, but it was like, <clears throat> I, I've, I've never reached back out to the guy, but it was, it was the most perfect 470 I could find yeah and um it was like their demo vehicle is how perfect it was like they used it for like shows and stuff like that it was just like the stock like um showroom quality 10 year old vehicle still yeah and uh never been outside (laughs) oh it was like immaculate and I never told the guy what I was going to do with it but (laughs) I um I bought that the reason I did that is because I wanted a perfect perfectly cared for specimen Cause I knew I was just going to beat the snot out of it and <laughs> I wanted good maintenance. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the story of how I got into the Lexus GX 470, which is like my main vehicle right now. And that yeah. I do all of the overlanding, um, with, which uh, I, I mean, 
are you am i like the first overlander on your you are yep. yep okay so what do you think of overlanding is yeah my perception of overlanding like an outsider perspective then. yeah from an outsider so like my perception of overlanding is almost like rock crawling but not like oh, the way okay. that i think about overlanding <clears throat> is hey i'm gonna go through this creek over these stumps through this trail to go find a place that might have more or less been a pain in the ass to go camp mm-hmm. that's like my perception of overlanding in okay. like a nutshell <clears throat> that's it's like yeah. i've like swooned over overlanding right sure. like like i know uh-huh. like my truck so like okay maybe to put it in a little bit of context like my truck so i've got an f-150 that has got you know i put in new shocks and new struts for it you know nice. so it's basically leveled and then okay. i built a camper on the back that more that or less looks like it, it looks like an it's a redneck overlanding rig right like it doesn't have a tepui to- yeah. fold out tent or anything you don't need that i mean yeah yeah, yeah but like it goes places <clears throat> and it's probably been mm-hmm. places that you know your average dude shouldn't have yeah. taken it so <laughs> so like I, it. I feel like i've like borderline dabbled in it but i still mm-hmm. haven't been like all right dude like i'm gonna go to moab and disappear for mm-hmm. two days yeah which is like incredible i've done that myself it's probably <laughs> like some of the best times i've ever had in my entire life like yeah that's what i you know all i want to do is pretty much that <laughs> yeah just be gone because like what's yeah. your what is your definition of of overlanding like how do you yeah, so it? it's so funny because overlanding is a term that's kind of new to the u.s and it's like really popular term right now i feel very buzzwordy what's that i feel like it's very buzzwordy yeah for sure it's uh you know like it gets people's attention it's like the new hot thing yes and um it's funny because that word it kind of originated like in australia if you haven't looked at any of the guys on like four wheel 24 7 on youtube they're probably like the premier um, like off-road overlandy type channel yeah uh, from australia they kind of like i don't know if they like started it all but they kind of you know did all of this and it, it originated from a four-wheel drive action magazine but anyways um i go on tangents i'm sorry no you're good it's good yeah <laughs> and and uh so anyways the the term originated kind of like overlanding meant like you're going to be living out of your vehicle for months at a time in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Like that's how I envisioned the original term of overlanding. And the fact, because in Australia, they're like this massive continent country of nothingness. You know what I mean? So you can, to drive across Australia, you can take like weeks, months, stuff like that, you know? So like that is like a true cross country, middle of nowhere off the grid um overland trip and that's what it meant like overland okay you know what I mean? yeah so that when i think of it depends like that's how i always <clears throat> want to see overlanding but in the u.s it's just like not like that just doesn't exist where the great west you know that we live in has um you know there's a lot of public land and a lot of vast openness and but it, ju- it just doesn't compare to that but so overlanding in the U.S., I think to me is is defined as like um, kind of how you said it. Like I like if I go out of cell phone service, like that's what I that's where I like strive to be and like go off the beaten path, um, 
make my, not make my own trail because that's totally illegal. You don't want to make your own trail <laughs> unless you're on private land and you can do whatever you want. But, you know, like finding the trails that haven't driv- been driven on in like five or 10 years or like the really hard to get to destinations. Um, that's what I like to think of as like my overlanding okay. experience here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense at it all? It does. It does. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. So like, I've got a couple questions like related to that. So when you, I'll just start with a trail. So when you start to like go look for trails and everything, I mean, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you find trails and destinations would be yeah. my first question. That And a lot of people ask like, how the hell do I even find yeah. this place? Right? right. And honestly, I look at Google maps a lot. Okay. Like, a lot. And it's just kind of like figuring out, like there, obviously I don't know every place and everything about every place, but I'll like see something online or like know of a place, like everybody knows of Grand Canyon, everybody knows of Yosemite, everybody knows of Yellowstone or these big national parks. Right. And I'll just kind of go online and I'll just like peruse around and I'll look for like cool spots and like try to figure out how to get there. And if I can, and that kind of stuff. And, um, that's genuinely like how I find all of the spots that I do unless I hear it from a word of mouth. But usually the, like the really cool spots are like pretty locked down because with the internet nowadays, it's just, you know, tag responsibly, keep the West wild. I don't know if you've ever seen seen that, that, but like I tag that in almost every location because also I think part of the experience is going and finding it for yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you, if someone gives you a GPS coordinate, like, it's kind of a cheat code. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so like when you say uh, finding trails and not being able to make your own. So like when you're yeah. on Google maps, like as a dude, like, like if I wanted to go this next weekend and be like, all right, Hey, I'm going to go try and find a spot in the, like, so up in, up in Idaho and I want to get to a place. <clears throat> Am I going and like looking for different peaks and stuff that I want to go hit and then like finding yeah. service roads. Is that, is that yeah. what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can see a lot of the trails from, you know, um, from the satellite views um, or or whatnot. There's also a really cool application that I use called Gaia. Okay. And uh, that's like a cell phone app. Um, there's a lot of others uh, and similar applications like it, but that will, that contains a lot of map layers, like t- topography maps I use to understand the terrain, what it's going to look like. Am I going to be on a mesa um, down in a valley, am I going up to a peak? And it also has a lot of these trails. And it also, more importantly, shows me the public and private land areas. Yeah. Um, so that I can understand if I'm trying to get somewhere like, oh, there might, there's a block of private land in the middle. And, and the frustrating part about the U S is that there's a lot of these private land Locks. areas yeah. blocking off huge accesses to public lands kind of, cause they'll, you know, they'll end up owning a piece of the property and it's state trust land behind it. And they can get pissed off because people trash, um, trash the trails. Yep. And they'll just be like, no, no, you guys can't access clothes now from now on. And, and um, in Moab, actually, that is uh, a real possibility as well. A lot of trails can be shut down due to that. But uh, yeah, so there's, um, I'm kind of leading myself into like the etiquette part that I think is being left out in a lot of this stuff. Yeah. But um, I want to make sure that 
answered your question. <laughs> no, you did. No, for sure. Which that's a good point. I wouldn't have thought about like etiquette. It's funny that you say that because there's etiquette to everything. Yes. And nine out of 10 times it's unwritten. <clears throat> so what, what type? Yeah. What, what overlanding etiquette is there? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, you like pack it in, pack it out. Like you probably have seen that, like if you've ever been camping with your kids, like Smokey the Bear, you know, like prevent forest fires, you know, like trying to teach kids to like pick up trash, like brown out your type of your fire completely, all of that kind of stuff, you know, um, all of that stuff is like, uh, it's like totally real. And, and the pack it in, pack it out thing is, I think people see like, oh, this is public land. I can go out and do whatever I want. I'm just going to do like bernie's i'm just gonna cut the trail and like create my own trail and uh, i'm just gonna leave my beer throw my beer cans in the fire and then uh leave it and then also like when you're out in the middle of nowhere this is not something people talk about all the time but like you got to go to the bathroom right so toilet, you'll see like toilet paper everywhere and all that kind of stuff and it trashes the place and there's not public services to go and clean that stuff up uh the park rangers will sometimes or like some, you know, of those employees will have to go out and clean it up. Um, but when people do that kind of stuff, like the trail will literally get closed down and you will not have access to it anymore because you disrespected it and, you know, it's trashed. So um, I think with a lot of the new people coming online, there's, uh, it's just so easy to like go out and buy a truck and then buy a bunch of stuff, put it on there and then like, go out and make some cool videos and just not have uh, an understanding of that because like the internet make doesn't show that side. Yeah. They just show like the cool, like crazy picturesque videos and like landscapes. And I think people just don't think about that kind of stuff a lot. Okay. So. Okay. So I'm hearing pack it in, uh, pack it out, mm-hmm. brown out and uh, really respect the rules of the trails. Right. So not carving your own way. And uh really not being not being a piece of shit is what i'm hearing <laughs> yeah don't be don't be a piece of shit like it's your backyard you're not going to crap in your neighbor's backyard you know what i mean or your backyard so um yeah just kind of respect it so the, all the trails and stuff like that can stay open and so private property owners don't get mad at you for trashing the trash in the trail yeah right um, so and uh i hate to point fingers but i do think <laughs> a lot of like uh the side by side community I think side-by-sides are freaking awesome, but, uh, some I've seen some pretty reckless stuff from those guys. Yeah. So yeah, I've not pointing I've any fingers, but I just nearly you know, been hit several times. Yeah. You know, and, um, so I don't know what to do about that, but that's just side comment. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so when you, that's a good thing for new, I think new folks, yeah. you said coming online to be aware of, and mm-hmm. that it is easy to go get a vehicle and get out there, but, I think that, and this is not the question I want to ask yet, but the gear question, but uh, what, what do we feel like people need to know, or maybe misconceptions people have about starting into overlanding and like making maybe their first trek out into the wilderness? Yeah, I think um, you definitely don't need anything fancy. I mean, um, the rig or truck that you described your iPhone 50 with like, uh, you know, your tent and stuff like that, like. That's all you need. Yeah. And um, you can go out and do incredible uh, off-road camping trips, car camping, whatever you want to call it, um, and see probably like 
75% of the stuff places that I go to, um, cause there's, there's roads that go there. You just got to go find them. Some of the roads are like pretty messed up. So you might need a little more serious rig to get to, or if you want to do like trails like the Rubicon or like any of the harder trails in Moab and stuff like that, you know, that's when you need to start getting a little more serious rig. But most of the time, I mean, you can, when I mean, you see screws and, um, cross crossover vehicles getting out there after it all the time so it's not you don't need anything crazy rooftop tents i'm not gonna lie i love my rooftop tent and i would <laughs> trade it for anything but you definitely don't need it you know yeah. you, I, I know friends that have a cot they pop pitch their cot right next to their truck getting their you know negative 20 sleeping bag and they're like good to go <laughs> so that's ballsy that's yeah I, I, yeah I mean i think the necessities if you're trying to do like an out in the middle of nowhere trip, um, you got to think of your safety first, because if you're going off grid, you need to be self-sustaining, right? So you need to bring enough water. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I always pack way too much water and I always pack um, at least a couple of days extra food just in case something happens. Yep. And um, I bring spare parts. I bring a spare axle and spare tie rods and I have a full tool kit in my truck. Um, any spare, not that you have to bring a full toolkit, but rule of thumb, if you're going to bring spare parts, bring the tools to put those spare parts in. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, um, that kind of stuff and also have, um, like a backup form of communication, uh, if, or, or at least let somebody know where you're going. Um, that kind of thing, you know, I, I, for example, there was one trip that I did and I, I was, I, I recently have been doing a lot of solo trips, mm-hmm. um, just because I like to do a lot of the media stuff and it just doesn't always align with what most people want to do. You know what I mean? It just takes it's clunky and it takes time. Um, and I feel like I inconvenience people, honestly, if I, <laughs> if I'm trying to do all of those things, cause that's, you know, that's fun for me. But, um, when I do solo trips, uh, there was one time I had, I, I actually turned around because I got a slash in my tire. I was in the middle of nowhere and I still had probably like 30 more washes to go down and cross. And there was a sign in some, some of these remote places, there's like sign in sheets. Yeah. There hadn't been anybody that had signed in in like a month and a half or two months. And so I was like, uh, I will probably turn around because I have no way of contacting anyone. And I probably wouldn't see anybody for a while if, if, if this tire popped and then I'd pop my spare tire. Cause I wasn't even, I wasn't even halfway to my destination yet, you know? <laughs> so just stuff like that. Um, but now I have uh, Garmin in reach, which is like a GPS satellite yep. phone. So you yep. can like I have one. In. They're awesome. Oh, you have one. Yep. Yeah. Those things are sick. You can just uh, send messages. They're pretty cheap plans. And um, you know, in emergency, emergency situation, you can always pretty much get yourself out in my opinion. So yeah. Yeah. So when you, uh, when you started going a little hog wild, getting all of your, I guess your, your truck outfitted, where did you start? Um, the first thing that I, like, if I were to give a recommendation to somebody, yeah, let's start with that. I would probably tell them to get armor first and suspension and tight and tires. You don't need bigger rims or anything, just tires, armor and suspension. Okay. Um, so like I say that because with armor, you can drag yourself over anything. It doesn't matter how much of a lift you have. 
Um, you're not going to damage anything. It's going to protect your transfer case. It's going to protect your oil pan. Um, you can literally smash stuff. Like I've accidentally smashed boulders going 20 miles an hour and like everything in my truck goes flying. And there's like a crater in the front of my skid plate to prove that. But <laughs> um, if I didn't have that, like my truck would have been SOL or like if you're out doing, if you, if you are trying to do a minimalist middle of nowhere trip, you're going to be protected because you can't always see that kind of stuff in yeah. the road. You know? So armor, like skid plates, full skid plates, fuel tank, skid plate, and rock sliders is what I would always suggest. And I say do that before suspension because that stuff weighs a ton. And if you build your suspension to carry a certain amount of weight, and then you add a bunch of more weight to it, like 200 pounds of steel from rock sliders and, and skids, you're going to have a, you know, your suspension wasn't built for that in addition to all the extra camping weight that you're going to put in there. So you're sure. gonna kind of be below the ball. So usually try to do those at, at the same time. Um, obviously it's super expensive. So, you know what I mean? You gotta do baby steps, but I would say armor is the first thing that I would buy. Okay. Yeah. I've actually looked at armor a couple of times, mostly just a, either a front skid plate because mm -hmm. there's been a couple of times where I've been like, I shouldn't have done what I just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You're going to hit something on the front end or like the, the breakover angle on your truck. Right. Just oh, yeah. pretty much right where your transmission or transfer case is. Okay. So those rocks are usually just going to stab that point. So that's why that one's <laughs> always pretty important to have. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I've looked at it a couple times. I haven't jumped ship on it yet. I probably, uh -huh. I mean, my trucks, I just hit a hundred thousand miles on it. I'm like kind of tempted. Just a baby, man. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm trying to decide all the things that I want or don't want to do with it. You know, I'm more, mm -hmm. I'm more of a, a, a drive it and sleep in it. And then yeah. I'm more of a gun guy, you yeah. know? So, yep. but um, when it comes to uh, like some of the crazy places that you've been, like, I know that, uh, one of the stories uh, Hunter was telling me, and I, and I remember, if I remember right, it was down in, it was in Arizona as well. And you guys were doing like some crazy road of death. Um, with Hunter? I think so. And he was like, dude, this is the first trip I'd ever been on. Um, oh, oh yeah. No, that was in Moab. That was in, oh, that was in Moab. Okay. Yeah, so, where we got like stuck, it was like crazy rock crawling and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask, what's like the craziest route you've been on? I would say like just the technicality in like boulders and that kind of stuff. And oh, uh, this kind of like remember how you said your definition of overlanding is like kind of like a little more rock crawling and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I am trying to push the term rocklander. Okay like cross over between rock crawling and overlanding. Okay. Right. And so that's, that's what I like to do a lot. So I call it like rock landing. I don't know. It's stupid. In the same, but, in the same vehicle you do. The, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. So like, because um, Moab is kind of, is pretty much starting to get into rock crawling mm -hmm. uh, and 35 inch tires is kind of like entry level for doing rock crawling. Really? Okay. I can um, see that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's like, entry level to start doing real rock crawling. I mean, with 35s, that's where you can um, pretty much start to get through the Rubicon trail. Okay. Uh, with, with 35s, a winch and some armor. Um, but yeah, so that, so Moab is definitely more rock crawly. It's, it's, have you ever been to Moab at I'm all? Not, no. It's on Just my like list. passing through or anything like that? <clears throat> uh, 
passing through at night. So basically, no. <laughs> you saw everything. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's like a ton of trails in Moab. It's, um, it's like an off-road rock crawling mecca, I guess. Um, yeah. And the unique part about it is that it's all this slick rock. And um, it's kind of like a misleading term because it's not slick at all. It has tons and tons of traction because you're just on rock and so you can do like these crazy really steep and and insane climbs because of the traction you get on the rock okay versus like dirt you know just crumbles and you start slides yeah and like this rock is almost like um like you know be like the equivalent it's like the delta of like hiking shoe in the dirt versus a hiking shoe on on like concrete or something like that you just stop way faster you know what i mean um and so so you can do some crazy stuff and so yeah what the, the trip hunter with and i went on uh we did i did like a week-long nine-day trip through utah and he kind of linked up with me in moab on merging on one of his the tail ends of his um like shooting trips right mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> that was like his first off-road experience for sure and it was kind <laughs> of it kind of set the bar high because it's not most people don't wheel in moab they don't do hard trails and and it's just like a niche i guess okay um and so we took his truck which is like a gmc on like a couple easier trails just to get his feet wet and stuff like that and then we did a track um in moab it's called it's called the trifecta but um that's what it was yep yeah and it's really three trails linked together it, and that's why it's called the trifecta. So you do like poison spider, um, and then you go through golden spike and you go through gold bar rim. And so it's those three trails. You kind of, if you connect them all, it's just is one gigantic trail. Okay. Um, and it probably took us two days to get through that whole trail. That's nuts. Um, yeah. And so we're, again, we did this by ourselves, one vehicle, um, because, you know, his truck wasn't going to make it through for sure. Right. And, um, but so it was just kind of him and I, and, uh, those trails, oh my gosh, like they're, they're so fun. I want to go back so bad. Uh, (laughs) poison spider is like a six out of 10 on the Moab scale. And then golden spike and gold, gold bar rim, I think are a seven out of 10. Okay. And Um, what is that, that scale? What does that measure? Just difficulty, like a 10, if you're, if you're getting, so just like, yeah, uh, a 10 out of 10 is like straight up buggy rock crawling buggy. Okay. okay. Like definitely my truck couldn't do it, it unless I'm going downhill and I just send it and like smash <laughs> my way through everything. <laughs> but like buggies, purpose built buggies. Like, have you seen like the samurais and yep. like those kind of things? Yeah. yeah. Like that's like a 10 out of 10 rock crawler buggy. Okay. Um, and then like the nines and eight, I would say nine is pretty much there as well. Eight out of 10, you need to have a very serious uh, truck. Like I think my truck might be able to make through most of them, but with difficulty, mm-hmm. uh, like severe difficulty, I don't know if I would ever try a nine out of 10 in mine. <laughs> yeah. just, just probably too vertical and like too crazy. And, and also like, because I have like an o- more of an overland rig than a rock crawling rig, it's just like a lot of weight and it's yeah. top heavy and tippy and that kind of stuff. Fair. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know if that helps. But. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, I just I I didn't know there was a scale or how how yeah. to think about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So you guys do a lot, or you've been saying that you've been doing a lot of the solo stuff lately. Is there mm-hmm. a pretty big like group community that you can like go find people and get plugged in and take off with with a bunch of random random people? Yeah. So so that's also like the cool part is I on a lot of my solo trips I usually just end up linking up with people. Um like in Moab, we found, we just stumbled across, I think, I don't know if he mentioned this, but we, we stumbled across this group of like legit rock crawlers. Like they they had a fully caged out, uh, rock crawling buggy that ran on propane. And that's, uh, that's cool. (laughs) The thing was gnarly. And then there was also this old Ford with like, I don't know, there was like I-beam axles and craziness and we were wheeling with them. So <laughs> they just kind of like adopted us and we just hung out with them for a day or so. And I used them as winch points to get through stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, there's like online for the GX community, there's a place called GX Offroad. And um, that's like a really big Facebook community. Um, they also have an Instagram page, but definitely the Facebook community is way more uh, active. And um full of a lot of people trying to get more information about how to modify these vehicles and like, you know, will 35s fit on my truck and that kind of stuff and, and all sorts of questions. Um, so yeah. And there's definitely like local chapters that you can get involved with and uh, you can like set up, Hey, I'm going to be here. Is there anybody that's interested in wheeling and that kind of stuff? Um, and I've done that before it, it didn't work out. So I just ended up saying um, solo, but yeah, they do they do some trail runs and stuff like that every now and then. I think Arizona actually has their own GX off-road AZ kind of thing as well. Um, and then there's, um, there's guys out in SoCal, uh, pure four by four is a, a group that I'm a part of. Um, there, they have some really cool style going on. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, Japanese import cars meets off-roading and it's, oh, it's weird. Like, like the drift scene collides and the drift scene and low car scene collides with off-road vehicles and it's like it's i'm gonna have to check that out that'd be kind of weird so much style so much style definitely check them out they have a lot of a lot of cool vehicles and they also like wheel pretty hard like some of the norcal guys um they do rubicon and that kind of stuff but um so that's a and then there's also um southwest yodas is like a local phoenix uh group that you know, it's Southwest Toyotas <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. So we, uh, so yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of communities that you can get involved in and that do trail runs and stuff like that. Um, it just so happens that I am just so random and spontaneous with my trips that planning for me is always very hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And you said you like to do the media stuff, which I know you've yeah. got some fancy things that you've, I've seen some pictures and videos. Okay. I mean, what got you into uh, the content stuff? Yeah, so great question. I mean, I, I've always been like I wrote a paper on photography in high school and I never got into photography until maybe five years ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, in my early 30s. So it took me a while to actually decide to go and do that stuff. But I just I, I pulled the trigger on purchasing like my first camera, maybe was it five years ago yeah something like that and it was like an olympus and i was like all right i'm just gonna i'm gonna do it because i've always wanted to do it and see where this get and see where this gets me and i just ended up falling in love with astrophotography yeah and, uh, which is like you know crazy milky way shots 
And that's actually why I started building my truck out the way I built it out is because I wanted it to get into like these unique, crazy areas that have no light pollution, which yeah. means no humanity and just get unique perspectives. So I needed a capable vehicle. And so the photography, astrophotography, building out my truck, that's just like the progression of how it ended up being. And I was like, and then actually COVID-19 hit, right? Like uh, when I started getting really serious, I, I bought like my a brand new Sony A7R4 and started getting really serious, wanting to do like fine art prints and built a website and made a couple sales. Uh, but I was going to, you know, I had printed off all of these sample arts of some photos that I've done. And then COVID-19 hit and like all the art shows canceled all of like <laughs> that type of stuff. Out the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I was like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I'll just take pictures of my truck and, um, and just start doing that kind of thing. Cause I know, you know, people like seeing that. And I started getting good engagement on my page and I was like, I was like, okay, maybe this is just the direction I go because I really like doing adventure photography. And um, I don't know, it just kind of propelled me in that direction. So started doing that kind of stuff, ended up meeting Hunter. And what he was like, the first person I had met that was actually all about getting down with uh, producing really high quality content and like, yeah. And, and good stuff. And so we clicked on that level. We start, we um, made like a couple firearm reviews and stuff like that. And then um, we just kind of evolved into two track nation, which is our page now uh, and going to be like our overland, you know, off-roading rock landing product review page. And uh, so now we have propelled to into, you know, uh, trying to get way more video equipment, building a studio and just out of control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you get your studio now that you showed me that looks, mm -hmm. it looks pretty, it looks like it's, it's pretty slick. It's coming together. Thanks dude. It feels like it's getting really dialed in and I like yeah. it. <laughs> I know I'm jealous. Cause I've, I've had my office that I've had like, just like this ever since I started. And it's like, yeah nothing fancy so with two track nation i mean are you guys going to be doing just like dedicated reviews are you guys going to be like <clears throat> no. pressure testing everything um i mean yeah so we i, I definitely want to like take the product i mean i use the products that we're going to review we're going to use um i work with a couple companies right now like toyo tires midland usa alpha equipped wheels um ohana rig supply uh, desert does it and a couple others. Um, I'm probably forgetting some, <laughs> but, uh, we, basically we want to, no, we're not going to be strictly a product review page. We want to do product reviews. Yes. Um, and, and show how, you know, they apply to someone trying to get into overlanding or doing weird, weird stuff that we like to do, um, or just general new products that come on the scene but we really want to get into like almost documentary and um, like adventure experience type of video trips. Like we're going to go nine days. We're going to film the whole thing, take you to all the places we go, probably not tell you where we're going to go because you got to figure that out yourself. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, that type of experience. And then like, I kind of talked about the etiquette thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like, kind of softballing that into all of our videos to like try to push that narrative 
um, in like a fun way. Like nobody wants to sit and listen to somebody talk about how to pick up trash. Yeah. I get berated by it basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not a popular topic. <laughs> Just kind of like doing that kind of thing to, um, cause I do feel like that's lacking in the space. There's definitely a lot of people doing, um, you know, similar type of videos out there, but I don't think they're doing it in the way that we want to take it and, um, and cover it the way that we want to do it. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're going with that as well as, um, like I really want to, I like teaching people and like explaining things. So education, like maybe do some inch training or like how to set up your rig for your first time. Like you kind of asked me that at the beginning of this, but like doing a video, like overland necessities, why? And, um, from a perspective of like, okay, I, I've, I wheeled the crap out of my thing. So like, maybe I have a different perspective than someone just trying to push the product. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So how, cause you guys just started doing that. Like I know mm-hmm. I saw when Hunter, I think it was when you and both Hunter announced that you had launched it. I was like, boom, follow how, mm-hmm. uh, how fast are you guys planning on getting it up and running? I know you said you've got one video now mm-hmm. and then some teasers and stuff. Yeah. And I, obviously I, I would like to get into an every two week cadence, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, for video is like so aggressive, I think, because just like producing it and then editing it and like having to go back and take video if you miss some B-roll or like that kind of stuff is just extremely time consuming. So with both of us having a full-time job, I think that's like our stretch goal. Um, we're And probably hoping to fall and probably realistically falling while we're still getting up and running, you know, into like the three week or four, every four weeks kind of time frame. Yeah. I hate saying that because it sounds like so long to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, we have a bunch of videos on the back burner. We have a brand new review coming out for Midland's new 50 watt radios. Um, we filmed that Utah trip that we did earlier this year. We filmed that whole thing in August or earlier. And so we have, that's going to be an entire video. That's probably going to be two videos because we filmed like the entire trip of us going through all these gnarly sections and like dealing with like craziness, uh, getting off trail and like all sorts of stuff like that. And, uh, so that's going to be a cool video. And then, um, I think we also have, um, oh, I have, uh, I filmed kind of like an overview of my truck and how yeah. it's set up. Um, and I have a lot of really cool like changes coming along the way. So I want to like document it now and then kind of being able to like progress, you know what I mean? Show that progress. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's kind of what we have going on in the back burner. Um, and, and all I do outside my full-time job is just edit and Tinker. try to get, try to get, try to get where we want to be. <laughs> yeah. I sympathize with that. I, well, if I'm uh, not working, I'm doing like something totally different off the wall. I know it's just, it looks rosy from the outside, but it's just so much freaking work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's funny. I've talked to people, you know, and I ask him like, Hey, how has this industry, you know, treated you or whatever the case may be. And everybody's like, you know, you would think that, you know, in this case, right? Like you would think that being in the overlanding world that I would be out every single weekend, but it's like, that's not necessarily true. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I'll be able to go out once. And then in order for me to do what I do to show you that I do this thing, mm-hmm. there's like three or four other weekends worth of work that mm-hmm. preclude me from getting out, you know? Yeah. 
I know. I mean, luckily being in Arizona, it really is not that hard to get out, you know? And that's why I love living here because I can just, we can just go out on the weekend and in a couple hours look like we're in the middle of nowhere. And, and, and it feels like that too, which is why I love living here so much. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's some, there'll be like months where I'm able to get out every single weekend or take trips PTO or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And then it just kind of like averages out where like, Nope, haven't been out in a couple of weeks or a few weeks. And I was like going stir crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, is there yeah. anything that like you feel, I know that we talked about, you know, etiquette, you know, somebody starting into it, getting armor, skid plates, stuff like that. Is there anything that a person that's coming into overlanding maybe doesn't think to ask that you think is incredibly important to share? Oh, doesn't think to ask. Um, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, or I think this is probably like the most common mistake people make is that um, recovery equipment, like just never, just don't ever cheap out on it. You know, like, I think like people will talk themselves into buying like cheaper recovery boards or like the cheap, um, or, or more cost-effective, um, winch or whatever it is, you know, but, and, and I think the biggest thing that I could say is just never do that. Save the money, get the good thing once, like buy once, cry once, especially on those things, because if you have to use those things, you're probably in a crazy situation that you don't want to be in, in the first place. Yeah. And you don't want it to break period. Okay. You know what I mean? (laughs) The people will justify it by saying, Oh, well it has a lifetime warranty and this and that. And I was like, yeah, but you're not going to get that warrantied in the middle of nowhere. Right. Like that's not going to happen. So that's, that's like my one biggest thing that for someone trying to get in, if they don't know, and they're like, Oh, I'll just buy this in the meantime kind of thing. Well, if you're probably not going to replace that until it breaks. And if it breaks, you might be SOL. So yeah, you're going to need uh-huh. a new truck anyways, if it breaks. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> so, that's, that's the one thing that I, that I would say. Okay. Well, I feel like I'm fresh out of questions <laughs> right now, man. Is there anything else that you feel, you know, important to share or uh, help um, people get into overlanding? I, I mean, just, you know, ask, ask questions, um, go explore on your own, you know, just like check out your local area. There's probably some cool trails, trails that you don't even know about. And, and the local areas are the best to go out and test your vehicle. You know, if you're, if you're still trying to learn, bring a buddy, if you can't at least go local and like feel out and understand the limits of your rig, um, before you try and do a big trip and, and realize that, Oh, I wish I had this, or I, I really and um, am uncomfortable when I get off camber. I don't know the limits of my truck and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so just that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I would say. And, you know, don't feel free. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out to people in the industry either. They're really nice people and happy to help. Um, and, you know, I could be one of those people if they wanted to. So. Okay. Perfect. One more question that I just thought yeah. of, what is your favorite piece of gear that you've got? Because I know the overlanding world is like, there's a, there's a lot of things you, you can, you can go nuts yeah. with it. Yeah. 
I would say the favorite, my most favorite piece of gear is probably my tent. Um, and that's just because it's like one of those things that I, I remember I said, like, I, I mean, I have a very nice tent. It's an alu cab full aluminum. It's not cheap. It's like very, you know, kind of the top end of the market yeah. and not everybody needs a tent like that. Um, but I use the crap out of it. And so I get the use out of it. But the reason it's my favorite piece of kit is because I have smashed that thing into trees. Quite literally, the top is like completely dented in on one side and it still works. And uh, I just was ha was happy that I didn't have to. It wasn't a fiberglass one when that happened because I would have had to buy a new tent. <laughs> and they're not cheap. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just the convenience of having all of your bedding up there. I have a heater that is going to be up there and like, you know, for winter camping. I have a real mattress, real pillows. It's just like very comfortable to sleep in. So <laughs> that's my favorite piece. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I, uh, so my camper, I'll have to, uh, I, I'll have to send you, uh, I did a little overview of it too. Cause it's, it's, it's people call my redneck Ritz yeah. because uh, it's all fiberglass, right? I, I built it out of, I built the whole thing. Like it's super janky, but it's hilarious, but it's got um, three eighths inch thick wood right is what i made out of yeah. fiber i fiberglassed it all by myself it looks uh -huh. horrible will yep. never fiberglass anything in my life I've got a little <laughs> a little rv window in it uh -huh. i got my my recovery boards with like my splitting mall the like the fire extinguisher the shovel on the other side i've got a solar panel on top and then it opens up and uh on the inside i've got like a so my bed's only five and a half feet. So I have to like lay on my side and kind of like crunch up a little bit, but I've okay. got like a four inch thick foam mattress in yeah. there and yeah, yeah. got like my little buddy heaters and Christmas mm -hmm. lights. It's so funny. So like I pretty much yeah. wherever I pull up, I can fall asleep and it's like totally comfortable, but it's yeah, funny because like my, uh, I was telling you my wife, she works night shift. And so when we go camping, like on the weekends or whatever, I'll have her load up in the back because like she'll get off work she'll shower and then she'll just hop in the back and we'll take off wherever. <laughs> so mm. she'll just sleep in the back. It's yeah, so man, that's funny. the best part about it. I mean, my truck is set up such that I, I don't have to add anything other than food and clothes and it's ready to go. Yeah. Right. That's exactly why I like yeah. it. And that's how I want to be because I just want to like the last minute decide to go somewhere and not have to like, uh, let me, go through my entire list and load my truck up for a few hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's exactly why I built mine is I was like, Hey, mm -hmm. spending a lot of time outside, mm -hmm. you know, tents are great. It's a pain in the ass. And mm -hmm. like, you know, when you camp in the winter, like mm -hmm. you have to, you have to pack so much more yeah. like mm -hmm. blankets and clothes and stuff. But mm -hmm. like, this is convenient. Cause now like I can go year round. I don't have to think about it. Like you're saying, and I can camp in 10 yeah. degree weather and not be cold or miserable. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, so yeah, my rooftop tent is very similar to like you sleeping in the back of your truck. Right. Yeah. And, and the best part about that, that I think a lot of people don't really recognize is that you don't have to find level ground to pitch a tent. You can sleep on a rock on rocky surfaces without having to like brush it away and all that kind of stuff which yeah. if you have a tent a ground tent i mean you got to make sure there's no cactus around brush the rocks make sure that you know get the rocks you don't want to sleep on a rocky surface you want sand and all that. i don't know just all that kind of stuff that goes with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a little <laughs> bit more convenient and comfortable yeah. that is for sure 100%. so 
Yeah, man. Uh, exactly. And I think, I don't know if, if anyone's going to ask, I can't remember if I said the name of my tent or whatever, but it's an Alucab uh, Expedition 3.0. Okay. Just because I, I talked about it, I didn't know if I, if I uh, had mentioned which one it was, but that's the one. And okay. it's also, it's also, I think it's the lightest uh, aluminum rooftop tent you can buy as well, which, mm. which is a good thing to have because yeah. very tippy when you put those things on there. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, man. This is fun. Yeah, I like I like the overlanding stuff. I mean, I've swooned we over. We should it. go. We should go somewhere. We could do a trip. You know? Dude, I'm all for it. I mean, I uh, I need to get a full toolkit. So there was one time I have one horror story with with taking my truck up. So this is like before I built like yeah. my camper shell and everything. But mm-hmm. and I will never go back to this spot. Like I swear to God, it's got bad juju. But like okay. I, I I listen to like I love scary books and horror movies and all sorts of stuff. So when you're was, camping by yourself. Dude, I'll listen to it anytime. Like, I love it. Like, I, it, like, I just get a kick out of all of it, right? And oh, so, like, I think it was, like, a year, two years ago. A year ago. I don't even know. But I went up, and uh, I drove up, and I followed this road that, like, I shouldn't have gone, like, gone on on my pickup, right? So, I'm, I'm by myself driving up, going camping. I was going to go scouting and everything. And I get up to the top of this mountain and set up camp, and it's raining, and it's just disgusting. And I'm like, whatever, I'll I'll – sleep it out no big deal so i like yeah. barely sleep listening to the scary thing like i turn it <laughs> off halfway up and like i just like yeah, don't <laughs> sleep at all right and so i wake up the next morning and i'm like okay i'm gonna like get up and make sure my truck starts just like just in case you know mm-hmm. and so i get in my truck and i hear it goes click 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 nothing like click 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 oh, click doesn't god. turn over and i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god like i don't have service this is before i have like my garmin thing and i'm yeah. like i'm screwed dude and so like i like freak out you know uh-huh and so it's like heart attack heart racing mode dude i'm like because like oh, i'm, what I'm I gone do? you know like and i'm like okay i know like five miles like three or four miles back like the ridge opens up and I can get service out there. Like, cause I stopped and I called my wife and I'm like, let her know everything was good. And so I like stop and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start checking everything. Yeah. So I like pop the hood. You gotta, like checking. calm yourself down. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Go into problem solving mode and yeah. not emotional response mode. Yeah. Seriously though. So I'm like standing out there, the, like the weather broke and so I'm like checking all the fuses and everything and everything is fine. Like, You're like, like oh, I was like, dude, what is up? And so, like, I'm, like, reading the user's manual. Like, there's a couple that, like, aren't being used. So, I'm, like, checking them, like, kind of, like, going through. And, like, I lose one that's not being used. So, I'm, like, okay, like, everything's fine. Like, there's nothing that is, like, electronically broken. So, I, like, get, like, wandering around. And I get, like, just enough service to call, like, um, you know, the insurance. And they're, like, yeah, you're screwed. Like, <laughs> you're like, we're not coming to get you. Yeah, right. And and so like, I finally get they they get a hold of one guy, and they're like, yeah, nobody's coming up there. Like, you're yeah. like, we can't get a wrecker up there with the rain and everything. Yeah, so I dude. finally get this guy to come up on his little like ETV, and he spends like three hours trying to help me out, get nothing. So we get his jeep, and he basically tows me down all the way. Right, mm-hmm. like it's basically like I just hit neutral and just coast yeah. this whole way down, yeah. and. uh yeah, I, that so like we get down to the mountain, I get it back, and it ends up being like a like a three thousand dollar like recovery charge, and I got insurance to oh, pay for it, which God. like I was like, super, Wait, you did? Yeah, dude, I was so thankful because the lady, all she right, told me, you're still on like a public road, right? Yeah, yeah, because I was on a forest public road, road, and yep. she was like, 
Um, they told me that they wouldn't pay for the recovery because it was a recovery and a tow, right? Okay. And she was like, hey, as long as you're within like 40 miles of, or like 40, 42 miles or whatever of the nearest um, dealership, ah, yeah, we'll pay for it. And I was at like 41.9 from like the nearest ping. And I was <laughs> like, you said, so yeah. they covered it and everything and everything was paid for. But oh, the God. dealership was like, yeah, it wouldn't start because you were missing a fuse. And I was like, then, then how could I have gotten up? Yeah. I was like, then how could I have gotten up there? Like, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. So I was like, I'm never going back up there. That place is bad. to all those horror stories. Dude, exactly. I was like, one <laughs> book I was listening to is haunted. So I'll never listen. I didn't finish it. Not going to listen to that one again. <laughs> never going back up to that mountain again, because oh, like, man. screw all of that. So, so yeah, my buddies, we were up hunting last year and they're like, yeah, we're going to go up to this mountain. And I was like, yeah, I'm going home. I'm not going back up there. Like, no thanks. Oh man. Do you, so, know, yeah. you know you're wait? So yeah, you're in Boise, right? Yeah. Yep. Just outside. Do you, do you know the Long Range America guys? No. I'm pretty sure they're up there. Um, they and uh the only reason I was bringing it up is because I want to go back to Idaho and now I have two reasons yeah. to come hang out with you and go and check them out. Yeah, do it. It's not hard to get out of service. And yeah. I, I will, I'll have to find, I'll spend some time and see if I can't find some trails and then yeah. other groups and stuff, because I've, yeah. I've not looked into it at all, but it's not yeah. hard for us to get out of service. No, like I've, I did an overland trip through Idaho once and uh, it was very rushed because I had a lot of vehicle problems. So I like missed check. I, you know, was running behind schedule, but um, oh my God, it's so beautiful up there. Like, yeah yeah incredible <laughs> um there's one you should look at pictures uh steel mountain um okay. so steel mountain is pretty close yeah it's uh it's pretty steep like the it gets up into really high country like i think it gets up to nine thousand feet if i remember right okay and uh that's really pretty up there um we drove up and over that and a couple of months ago and that's a fun drive it's a little dodgy for a pickup, but it gets, it gets hot just cause you're like really hauling balls up and over, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm looking at it right now, trying to figure out where, well, Chase and I trailed off into a variety of other kind of unrelated topics and uh, ended up sharing some programs and stuff with each other, uh, through zoom, kind of sharing our screens and stuff. And, uh, didn't seem really pertinent to uh, to talk about that, considering I don't I don't share video with uh, with my podcast. That's something I've been uh, kind of entertaining a little bit in some way, shape, or form. But I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Uh, took some good information away about uh, overlanding, what it means, what it looks like, how to get started, and uh, maybe some groups to go get involved with and uh, have some fun on the weekends. But otherwise, I will link Chase's uh, Instagram uh, in the episode description as well as. Um, their new uh, series, uh, Two Track Nation. Um, but otherwise, I hope you all have a great day and we'll catch you next time.